0: Hello there team NXT CD Danny Mac here bringing you episode 111 of the UFP show all about the NXT show the undisputed future podcast the longest running independently produced NXT podcast available still despite one of the most scattered podcasting recording schedules in the current internet landscape of content available Team NXT who- Everyone who's been with me, thank you so much for coming back. Those who jumped off, possibly because of how I ended my last episode, goodbye. Those of you who are brand new, thank you to various Twitter followers and chains and all the positivity that you can find in that internet wrestling community. Thank you so much for jumping on board and giving this episode a shot, assuming that is the case as well. A lot of support out there, despite... Despite like I said, it's it's just been freaking chaos. I don't know if anybody's heard the ending rants, a little social justice warrior of me last week, self-admittedly. Uh things matter right now, and things matter in the wrestling landscape as well. Offer a couple quick thoughts on the speaking out movement because I don't want the same episode. Ending to continue into this one, um, fuck you Travis Banks, I'm sorry about any of the nice things I said about you, I'm sorry about anything I gave you credit for, the fact that we share a little bit of a similar martial arts training style makes me sick to my stomach after reading what you put another one of my favorite women independent wrestlers in the UK, Millie McKenzie. Yes, I have a lot of love for British wrestling and British independent wrestling surviving despite what NXT UK has done to the scene. UK listeners, I'm there with you, and uh, fuck Lugero. Lugero's another one, uh, self-admittedly being a piece of shit. Really was never a fan of his in the first place, and the fact that they had a rivalry and a couple matches that I sat there and actually enjoyed. And the few times I might have actually talked about NXT UK, I feel like that was one of the series that I Son of a... It's gross. It's gross, and those are the only two cases I will speak to. And let's move on from that. Uh, no stake in, in that horse, except, you know, my, my heart goes out to the victims. And there's there's a lot of empathy to be given, but there's no need to discuss it. When people come here to discuss NXT TV, yes, the NXT July event of the Great American Bash, conveniently, conveniently, conveniently. I'm booking what's best for NXT. Well, that's Triple H's words, and counter booking is best for NXT TV. So in not so many words, everyone sees what we're doing. but the Wednesday Night Wars do not matter as much as Mondays in the 90s because of the brilliant gift of technology. I watched NXT Live on Wednesdays. I watch Aew Dynamite and Fighter Fest. And Fight for the Fallen, I'm going to check it out too. On Thursday nights, on the classic SmackDown schedule. And it has been absolutely wonderful. And I'm recording this on Friday, July 11th to discuss the July 1st and July 8th editions of NXT TV. The Great American Bash. The Rhodes Legacy. Living in that in that great WCW events. And I'm not going to get into the politics. I would check out some articles and things of that nature. I am going to discuss The Fatal 4-Way between Mia Yim, Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Tegan Knox for the number one contendership to Io Shirai's NXT Women's Championship. My last event was on the road to in your house. Yes, Colin, on the road to in your house. And you're just going to shake off all the bad things that I talked about last episode, right? Good boy. The Velveteen Dog, Colin, always joining me by my side during my recording sessions. So for new listeners, sometimes you'll... Hear things like like a collar, but more times than not, he's, he's just chilling. He knows the spotlights on him uh, no matter where he is in the room. Back to women's wrestling action. I was not surprised by the quality of the content of these wrestlers. These are four of the best. Mia Yim and Candice LeRae. I love a good rivalry outside of the championship scene. Mia Yim and Keith Lee. Yimitless versus the Garganos. Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano, beautiful rivalry off the title scene, Major really invested that Johnny Gargano wanted that North American championship back, made Mia Yim look like the badass that she is, and is really, really adapting and selling this cunning and brash attitude of the poison pixie Candice LeRae, and I I was trying out saying that, and that might be the first and last time you, you hear me say that. Can I refer to her as the silver haired Candice LeRae because I think that might be the most distinctive element of this turn to go hand in hand with this personality. Mia Yim has been bringing it to Candice LeRae. These two women have been involved in a war of words and deception and mixed tag team matches of high quality and great rivalry. Another Another match I get to discuss these two women with will be that street fight, and that will be now on referred to as the Shaolin street fight due to Mia Yim's association and fandom of the Wu-Tang Clan, and she fought in Timberlands, which is very New York City. So if, uh, yeah, let's just get that out of the way right now. I want to talk about Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox because the surprising order of eliminations in this matchup went Candice LeRae to Mia Yim, leaving Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. To go head-to-head in singles action to close out this fatal four-way. And a brilliant match. Absolutely great. These two women needed a number one contendership one-on-one match prior to this. The result shocked me. Io Shirai. This brand new Josie Judas lights. We're seeing the light side of the new Io Shirai. Shining through on this title reign. She beat two of the women's wrestling best in the world. To win that championship. In Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. Io is having great matches. She's doing everything right. And this baby face thing. It's in such a great gray area. That it can go either way. But the result of this match. Really points to how how gray it might be. Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox. The way Dakota Kai has been getting getting a few over on Tegan Knox, not just Tegan Knox, but Shotzi Blackheart as well, with the help of her form of diesel. Big Mama Cool, Raquel Gonzalez. Dakota Kai has been on a tear through this division. Why wouldn't she get a number one contendership? Why wouldn't she walk out victorious through to some strange means in this elimination Fatal 4-Way match. And as we know and will be reminded, Fatal 4-Way triple threat match is no disqualification. Why wouldn't Dakota Kai win? Because of the heart of Tegan Knox, Because of the talent of Tegan Knox, Because of the shiniest of Wizards and the chokeslams coming from Lady Kane. Dakota Kai, great. Captain of Team Kick still there, just using such a more cunning... And brutalizing way need I take you guys back to the neck sorry neck brace knee brace which a couple of shots to the back of the neck may cause for a neck brace if I could quickly turn around my misspeak right there uh Tegan look great at the end of this one shiniest wizard shining through the heart of this underdog foam whales Tegan knocks wins and the shock and expression on her face I can't speak to that, but just go ahead and watch watch that again. A picture speaks to a thousand words, and the look on Tegan Knox's face speaks to all of it, and that was my exact reaction. These two at the end, you expect Dakota Kai. Nah, we get a feel-good moment, and Tegan Knox is the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. How will she fare against Io Shirai? We will find out. This coming Wednesday from the time that this show is being recorded. That will be the July 15th edition of NXT TV. No ad breaks on this show, ladies and gentlemen. But there will be some abrupt pauses and restarts and breaks. Unofficially brought to you by Blue Power Raids. Mountain Berry Blast. What the hell is it supposed to be? Moving forward now, we have... Oni Orkin versus Timothy Thatcher. I want to talk... About Timothy Thatcher before I get into the absolute brilliance of this singles matchup. And probably looking at the entire landscape of the Great American Bash mini takeover event. Both cards combined. Two and two top four matches going across the two weeks. Is that fair to say? Sasha Banks, Io Shirai. Timothy Thatcher versus Oni Orkin, Adam Cole versus Keith Lee, and my personal favorite at the top of this list, and controversial as it might be, Johnny Gargano versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. And I can't wait to get into the discussion of that one and uh, why that was my favorite match of this week. But Oni Orkin versus Timothy Thatcher, Thatcher on an absolute tear since winning the Fight Pit match. The first ever and hopefully not the last Fight Pit match. In NXT history. Absolutely awesome. The guy looked like a star. And has been looking like the submission specialist. And master of brutality that he is. By putting on absolute clinics. And I mean literal clinics. On NXT TV. This dark twisted camp. Where he has these poor. Poor poor young young men. They're just just getting torn apart limb from limb, and as literal as I could possibly make that. The scarf holds, the arm bars, the choke outs, these guys are going through hell and back, and speaking from my own martial arts experience, black belt and Kempo with crush training in Sanukasru Jiu-Jitsu, that's the best way to learn. There's an expression in the dojo, nobody learns faster than the uki. The uki is the one receiving the technique. The tori And the Tory being Timothy Thatcher, tried that tongue twister a few times fast, no quicker way to learn than a man who will lock you in a hold and mean it. Yeah, Timothy Thatcher, one bad dude, that point shining through in that fight pit match and here tonight against another very tough man, a man who, well, none of these men will win any beauty contests or be on the cover of any GQ magazines. But two of the absolute toughest across any brand of WWE. Across any brand of pro wrestling if we want to dive deeper into it. Because you could put this guy in a great tag team match. He's going to give it to you with his partner, Danny Burch. He's going to give you great singles matches. As featured here, Oney Lorcan, the Boston Brawler, is one of the steady, stay, the homestead talent of NXT you just want to see this guy on 205 live he's a reason to watch because you know he's going to give you a good match it's going to make that brand shine it's going to showcase the elements and the toughness of nxt that's why we watch only lorkin and that's why he's so easy to get behind because he's not going to win them that many matches if you watch them enough you know this but he's going to give you one hell of a match every single damn time and when he jumps over that top rope he's freaking shot putting himself and I apologize for any background noise because I'm not sitting in my takeover chair because I'm just too lazy to get it at this moment. Maybe next break. Thatcher, submission style, separating shoulders and breaking bones. Oni organ has been as tough as they come for as long as they have come around on this brand. The armbar victory for Thatcher would spell it through the slaps and the chops and you throw everything but and possibly literally the kitchen sink if i could throw a vince mcmahon in there for a second on the triple h driven brand it's going to hit you with everything you're going to get it all but that you're able to overcome because of how quick and how damn fast he can snap you in these submissions it was a tough gritty streets match not a literal street fight as i'll discuss later but a big win for Timothy Thatcher, who is continuing a tear in NXT, and Oni Organ as he continues to showcase some of his best work across any form of wrestling. Real quick, discussing the Robert Stone brand. Shout out to Robert Stone, by the way. Prior to this recording, and uh, just a friendly reminder: this week, this week being beginning of uh, well on. Wednesday, July 8th at approximately, let's call it 8.45 to 8.50 p.m., Robert Stone was run over by a tank by Shotzi Blackheart, and that'll be something I'll probably mention later on too, but just worth reminding today. Shout out to Robert Stone for the Twitter interaction today. Uh, Really appreciate it. Appreciate him as a talent, folks. He's got it. It's kind of a damn shame he didn't get to showcase his wrestling talent here, and hopefully there's a guy who doesn't look like that and I've seen what he can do. He can be put in a match and be taken seriously, but getting thrown around a little bit by Rhea Ripley Not exactly making the brand shine and I don't know who's sponsoring him, but probably the same people who are sponsoring this show right now, and that's a big fat goose egg on uh on the number. Teaming with Aaliyah though. Aaliyah getting Aaliyah getting something that works. And I went back and I rewatched this and I rewatched both of hours of uh, Great American Bash prior to recording this because I'm just gonna let that be my wrestling fix and I'll tune into SmackDown when I tune into SmackDown or I'll put it on mute in the background while I discuss NXT or I'll figure out a solution later on. But Rhea Ripley, why is she involved in this storyline? Because Oleah. Because Aaliyah is finally getting something that works. Aaliyah is finally getting a spotlight and a bougie and The time to shine that her character as of late has desired. And she's an NXT veteran. And that's a very difficult feat to achieve, folks. Being a veteran on what was once looked at as a developmental brand. Think about that for a hot second. She gets to step into the ring now. With somebody who is WrestleMania. We could call that a WrestleMania main event. Because it was one of the best matches of the empty arena field. Because of how these two women delivered. And, uh controversial articles that the dirt cheats decided to release after that and again this is not usually a peruse and shadow out the dirt cheats paper uh, pay-per-view you don't pay to get this podcast but it is what it is rhea ripley shining some of that spotlight on somebody who has been in this brand for a long time and finally getting something that works While well, we see these other possible candidates come up for the robert stone brands i don't know if we're supposed to be If we're supposed to forget and then remember, like, Ali is just all of a sudden one day going to say, I have an idea, and then Vanessa Bourne is going to show up? Like, why hasn't hasn't her former tag team partner been brought up already if not for an injury or an unfortunate incident or something that I'm just not aware of that somebody can fill me in on? This is not a backstage source podcast. This is a fan-driven show. This is for you to sit around and pretend you're having a discussion with somebody. This is for you to yell and say, I fucking disagree with that. And then maybe find out later on because I'm trying to talk out of both sides of my mouth and see every side of the perspective. And that's what a discussion is going to be. And that's why it's hard to do a podcast when your dog is the only one in the room with you. And that's why my show with shout out to NXT Wednesday's Peyton Westner again for, uh, Forgive me, forgive me. So, so many SoundCloud numbers. It's it's really a beautiful thing, ladies and gentlemen. Podcasting works best with a duo, but uh, the handicap duo did not pay off too uh, too well for the Robert Stone brand. Robert Stone and Aaliyah falling short to Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley showing the absolute dominance. It doesn't matter if it's one woman, two women, a woman and a man, probably two men, maybe even three men. Rhea Ripley's gonna kick her ass. Rhea Ripley's got the brutality, and she's also got the cred to shine on some talents, and that's what Aaliyah got here, and that's what Robert Stone Brand is getting here. They're gonna throw out that line. They're gonna cast out for some big fish because why not? If you're not going for and you're not throwing money at some of the biggest people to say, hey, this brand is good, you should go ahead and join this, then what the hell are you doing? I also have a new media and marketing and communications degree, folks, so I could speak to this brand from that business side as well as kayfabe as that might be. This is a very strictly kayfabe show as well. So, Robert Stone brand getting a little bit of light. Aaliyah, NXT veteran, getting some spotlight and sharing the ring with a WrestleMania, WrestleMania standout in Rhea Ripley. But, of course, Rhea Ripley getting the win in this handicap match. One match... And one has not been as much physical brutality, but has been absolute mentally breaking down the Undisputed Era and causing weeks of Undisputed Therapy. I'm talking about Dexter Loomis versus Roderick Strong in NXT's first ever strap match. This is just one of those things that, uh... Just one of those things that would make Dusty Rhodes proud. A strap match, it was... I thought it was enjoyable. It showed Roderick Strong doing what he does best. It showed the character growth of Dexter Loomis. It's... It was fine. I I enjoyed it. Loomis is this masochistic force to be messed with on the NXT roster right now. He's playing a very serial killer, very psychologically driven character, not very verbal. And that's fine. There's managerial roles for that. There's letting, let's just see how long creeping up on people and driving cars and throwing people in trunks and seeing what psychological damage without saying a word can do before throwing out these sort of, let's see how the in-ring growth can become. Let's see what kind of, what is, what drives Dexter Loomis? Is it, can you punch him and he gets stronger? Is it, is he weak against kicks for some reason? Is Do you have to chop him down every single time, even if you're larger than him? Do you have to sh- chop his knees down so that he can't loom over you and so that he can't follow you around the ring and so that he can't just impose himself around you and he can't follow you around and he can't just keep coming and walking towards you like Michael Myers, like Jason Voorhees, What is Dexter Loomis? We're still figuring that out. And the fact that we're still figuring that out and the guy's been involved in a NXT championship match ends in the ring with one of the best wrestlers and one of the most maybe undervalued wrestlers in the former North American champion, Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong. A lot of NXT spotlight. Lots of NXT main event time prior to joining the Undisputed Era. Let's not forget... The Bobby Roode rivalry, yeah, calling back to a Bobby Roode NXT Championship run, folks. One of the best heels ever at the time, right when the Undisputed Era with the form of Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, who, by the way, Doctor Di- Lyle, Doctor Lyle von Nassen, that was that was Kyle O'Reilly this entire time, folks. Oh my goodness. Could 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 you imagine? The undisputed the undisputed therapy solved by by one of their own. Offering a correction here, folks, uh just because I didn't record doesn't mean I didn't take my fair share of notes while uh while on again another hiatus. Dexter Loomis versus Roderick Strong, the undisputed therapy very driven by Doctor Lyle von Thurzenberg, who ended up being Kyle O'Reilly this entire time, I mean. Mind absolutely blown. Just whew, the, uh, the the shock and suspense on on finding that out just just course through your veins. The undisputed Evers Brotherhood, really, just you. All you need is each other to get you through these tough times, and uh, that would prove true in the results of this matchup as well. Roderick Strong facing his fear, getting a jump start on this matchup. Loomis, Loomis doing what he does doing what he's going to be growing into doing, doing what matches we've kind of grown to expect, forcing that Kata getame, which it's a very effective scarf chokehold, folks. It shifts from Kesa Gatame, which would be that same arm that is pressing into your windpipe and jawline. And this is kind of one of the vouchers and reasonings why doing a video podcast would help once in a while, too. That right there, that button in that jaw, that's what Dexter Loomis is throwing your own arm and your own bicep into while leaning into your tricep with his shoulder and suffocating you and clog- clogging up into that carotid artery. That's what the Kesa to Kata Gatame, Kata Gatame is what Dexter Loomis has been using. Now named the Silence The silence, and uh, nothing puts you to sleep faster than a good chokehold. Very appropriate name and very suiting for the character. The character work is all there. We just need to figure out what the matchup piece is is on, on this. But Roderick Strong, with a little help from his friends, Bobby Fish and his feet to face the fear that is Dexter Loomis. Bobby Fish coming in with his kicking ability. Bobby might be the oldest member, but he might be the most flexible helping out roderick strong getting the victory overcoming his fear not sure if it's for good i just have a feeling that dexter loomis just strikes me as a guy who has a grudge i mean how many friday the 13th movies were there how many nightmare on elm streets were there how many halloween's have there been you don't just deal with the serial killer once just ask jamie lee curtis on that account uh let's see what are we jumping into next folks uh Talk about the Undisputed Era forever. Could go back on that Dexter Loomis stuff. i uh, going to start a lot of Undisputed speculation on the Undisputed Future podcast when I get to the main events of week two. But let's talk a little bit about. I'm going to talk about Santos Escobar flanked by Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde, the Legacio de Fantasma, right before a six man tag team match that took place on week two. Uh something will take place this coming Wednesday. That'll be that'll be cool to blend both shows. Cameron Grimes. Cameron Freaking Grimes, the product of the Hardy Compound, cutting a promo against what already feels like longtime rivalry, Damien Priest. I don't know. Cameron Grimes versus Damien Priest in the landscape that that is. I could see why you want to turn this guy babyface because of how he looks and but Damien Priest, Punishment Martinez, babyface it's just not something about it's not clicking for me because I want to root for it and it's odd that I want to root for it it might be but he's a New York City guy it's a hometown hero sort of thing it's the Archer of Infamy gimmick when you kind of enjoy crossbows and have shot archery just the slightest a little bit. It's just a few things clicking for me on a personal front. But everything about it and the look just screams, this guy should be a bad guy. This guy should be a heel with the championship run. Why? Let, let him be a champion. Let him put on a good championship defense in some sort of gray area character. Going back to Io Shirai Tegan Knox Association. Damien Priest with a North American championship after maybe winning it in not some rightful ways could be a fighting champion, could put on a few good matches, could win things cleanly as a heel. That makes you kind of root for him. Be, okay, all right, He's he still looks like a prick, but he's a guy who's putting on good matches. You want to root for him. Go back to that one triple threat match he had against Pete Dunne and Callie and Dane when everything was on the line. Survivor Series weekend championship opportunity. Damian Priest can deliver, but he shouldn't be put in this position. It, it, it feels weird. And Cameron Grimes being the guy he turns, Cameron Grimes is very easy to boo. Very easy to boo. And I think that he's the real winner of the breakout tournament here. I don't know. If this, it just, I feel so mixed about this rivalry and just the backstage skits about Damian Priest getting attacked at his car and Cameron Graham's I'll call you an Uber jokes. And there were just a couple of things on NXT TV that maybe I didn't want to talk about and I needed the Great American Bash motivation in addition to kicking ass at work right now motivation to go hand in hand. For me to want to step back behind the microphone, guys. This could be a very this this rivalry with Killian Dane, with Killian Dane, with Cameron Grimes and Damian Priest. This could be opening up so many, so many backstage stories about this show right now. <sighs> just just let this rivalry end. Just let Cameron Grimes speak his piece. Let them have a great match next week. Maybe that match next week is going to be that outside of the championship scene thing to make people want to root for Damian Priest more maybe Cameron Grimes is going to win due to a out of nowhere cave-in brought upon by some less than less than reputable and nefarious means to seal victory for Cameron Grimes because Cameron Grimes has gotten some big wins on NXT TV need I remind everyone over the win he holds over Finn Balor I don't know if this Damian Priest, Cameron Grimes rivalry is going to click it for me. It hasn't so far, and this will be the last bit. I speak to it until that match coming up next week on the July 15th edition of NXT TV. Be sure to reach out at podcast underscore UF about any and all subjects, even outside of the title scene. What do you guys think about, what does anybody think? I'm going to say, God. what does is, what is team, team NXT think? What does Team NXT think? Let's let's throw out any any sort of possible exclusive language here. What are we What are we thinking, Team NXT? Is this Cameron Grimes, Damian Priest rivalry doing it for you? Do we Do you strongly have an investment in one or the other? Do you want to see Cameron Grimes come kind out of add this as a really shining heel? Do you want to see Damian Priest's babyface run start to shift in this upcoming match? Be sure to reach out to me the week during or. Uh, the week after or at any time this coming next few days jumping into main event time of week one because we're talking about the important shit right now excuse me for anybody who might be listening to this on the stereo and you're used to some clean language out of this show io shirai io shirai our now nxt women's champion going head to head with our wwe women's tag team champion and Probably should be and will be upcoming, SmackDown Women's Champion. I'm ca- I'm talking, of course, about the boss, Sasha Banks, versus Io Shirai. It's a women's wrestling matchup made in heaven, with Bailey Dostraps, of course, being present. What a great match! What a what a great match. I, I mean, women's wrestling at its absolute highest caliber wow the storytelling the deception the the blurring of the lines the who's who can possibly walk out on top will they possibly make a smackdown main brand champion lose and by main brand i mean the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships can be defended anywhere. Shout out to that match, Tegan Knox and Shotzi Black card coming up just a bit short against the Boss and Bayley duo. Uh, could have gone either way. And it went the way that I wanted it to because Io Shirai would be victorious due to the upcoming opponent for Sasha Banks at Extreme Rules Horror Show and. Horror Show—a very appropriate name for the upcoming pay-per-view. If you have seen the numbers of the pandemic that the state of Florida seems to be in denial of, but again, not getting—not getting too scientifical or uh, or current events here on the podcast. But wear your mask, folks. And if anybody paused or shut off the show after that, you can you can go away. You can go away also with the doesn't recognize Black Lives Matter folks. Well, did I lose anybody else? Okay, can we talk about the ending of the match? Cool. Ending involved involved a Banks statement and an appearance by Asuka and one hell of a moonsault followed precisely after some green mist and the cover-up of the green mist. This is what I meant by deception earlier. The cunning and the placement and everything just falling Everybody was just exactly where they needed to be, and I believe that it flowed in a pretty organic way. Because, to be quite honest, I'm sure I'm not the only one who was watching this match and thinking as soon as that happened, oh, man, how are they possibly going to cover up? Is the referee going to see? Is Asuka going to get found out? Is this one going to end in disqualification for Io Shirai? And Io Shirai is going to get in Asuka's face and the NXT Women's Champion versus the Raw Women's Champion coming out of this one. What could possibly come out of this? It would be great placement by all parties involved, from Io Shirai to Sasha Banks to the referee to the 1 2 3 count. The genius of the sky doing a genius job of hiding the green mist and winning this matchup. NXT 1 Women's Tag Team Division. Sorry on this one. Zero. Bailey and Sasha Banks though. Two of the absolute highlights of this pandemic viewing. Uh Bailey's doing some of her greatest work as a heel, and I never thought I would believe it. I never thought a heel Bailey would work. I saw the emo haircut and the popping of the balloons and thought the Bailey buddies are gone, so is Bailey. That's it. But no. I've been very entertained. I've been very, very entertained by what Bailey and Sasha Banks have been doing for the women's tag team division. I want the duo to continue, and I want the pushback to go further because the implosion of these two does deserve an audience. But who the hell knows when an audience is going to be acceptable again and when people are going to feel safe going into shows, what those numbers are going to look like. And by numbers, I mean sadly virus as well as attendance uh let's not let's not get into uh let's not get into the sad stuff we listen to wrestling podcasts to forget about real life and real life was real life was taken to a wrestling fantasy this this week two of the great american bash that's really the the way i can describe what we got out of the two matches especially the two matches that i that i might have put in the top two but this Yim versus Gorey street fight just seeing culminate like this. Great stuff. The winner-take-all championship match. Everything as advertised in its brilliance. The 403 reign, baby. Coming to an end in shocking fashion. Shocking to me because I was fortunate enough to read spoilers out for NXT next week and not fucking read them why would you do that to yourself spoiler free zone it's an it's a it's a catchphrase of the show that i haven't used in a long time because it has been it hasn't been necessary because the full cell tapings cycle stopped why why would you see a leak now hasn't anybody learned that a lesson in the past i i don't understand spoiler folks i i don't I don't know. If that's another chunk of the audience I lose, then Team NXT's numbers are just going to keep on fluctuating. I don't get it. Watch wrestling as if every event is live. You're going to come across some instances scrolling social media, but don't feed into it. If you got a tweet, if you got a tweet, tweet your business and then sign on. Check your phone. Turn your push notifications on. Interact with those folks. Let's hope they don't spoil anything for you based on what your opinion might be. But don't dive out of your way to see any spoilers. I I participate in wrestling group chats. And we have a very common courtesy that some people watch NXT on Thursdays. Other people watch AEW on Thursdays. Wednesday Night Wars can be discussed and just highlight the talents of the talents. And yo, you got to see this matchup. And this one tore the house down. And can you believe this rivalry going on? But no debuts. No Match results, none of that nature. But if it's things that they're building on, hell yeah, you talk about it. If people have questions on Thursday nights when they're watching, why why Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Johnny Cargano was happening? What's their beef? Shout out to Matt Savage who has been a takeover guest on the show before. Don't spoil yourself, folks. Try and watch wrestling as it is live. It's it's very hard to do in a social media age, but it is very possible. Just enjoy what you can and. Do what you can do to voice your opinion, and try and try and let those two, try and let those two paths go parallel. But enough of the preachy stuff. Let's talk about the street stuff. Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae, a streets of Shaolin match. Mia Yim rocking Timberlands during this street fight. Imagine your Candice LeRae. Your Candice LeRae. You're that tough. You've had street fights, and you've had these hardcore matches before, and you've won the tag team championships by yourself with no involvement from a terrible person. Absolutely no involvement from a, any pieces of shit. Anybody whose entire gimmick was sexually assaulting people and it being right there in front of you. And don't talk about kayfabe being an entirely different thing. Let's also remember that if you're going to say that, you have to remember pro wrestling is just yourself turned way up. Okay, did I lose anybody else? Good. Um, Yeah, anybody's going to defend that? uh, The not greatest pro wrestling announcer of all time, JR, and that's about all the name that will be mentioned here. Candice LeRae winning those tag team championships by herself involves a great amount of street fights and bloody, bloody matchups in her history and great career right now. But has she ever been kicked by a pair of Timberlands before? Has she ever been hit by a woman with a grudge just as bad as Mia Yim has against her while rocking said pair of Timbs? I know I'm from New York City and have the obsession with the pair of Timberlands. Great snowshoes, folks. Just tough as tough as possibly can be. Uh, Candace LeRae and Mia Yim throwing absolutely everything at each other. And I personally enjoyed this street fight because... I was fortunate enough to sit there at Survivor Series 2002 and watch Victoria versus Trish Stratus in a hardcore match, and very reminiscent of that. Just kind of where my mind went when I can associate some NXT moments with the nostalgia of my wrestling past. It's it's a great feeling, and it's always something that I that I strive to do. Uh, NXT has oof, Candice Corre. In addition to this track record of violence, uh, the odd relationship with steel chairs and kendo sticks and the women's champion right now, which if I could just mention uh, Candice LeRae mentioning some unfinished business as well as Johnny Gargano. And that's where I think my mind is at. I think we're going to flip the script on the women's championship scene. Excuse me, getting a phone call. Alright Team NXT, phone is answered, food is eaten, delivery is successful, I hope my driver drives safely because they were very nice. Uh, Smackdown is watched, and by the time this episode comes out, this won't be a spoiler, it was not not that great of an episode. So how about we wrap up NXT Women's Main Events action on Week 1, and let's jump into the Week 2 edition of the Great American Bash. EO Survivor's Sasha Banks harped on it already, great match paid off big time for Io Shirai as well as Asuka and Sasha Banks' rivalry moving forward and adding some intrigue to what honestly has to be a lackluster pay-per-view scene right now on the main roster. I just, there's not much motivation there and you just know too much about what's going on with the talents and their health and you want to support the talents. I want Drew McIntyre's WWE title run to go well, but you feel bad supporting a company that hasn't treated their Independent contracted employees—that's how I'm going to phrase it uh, correctly—and now, now they're putting safety first. So hopefully that carries out. And uh, Extreme Rules shapes up to be a horror show in the visual way, and uh, not in what we've been experiencing the past few weeks. So Sasha Banks versus Io Shirai. One thing we did learn: Sasha Banks is a draw. She is the blueprint. She is the boss. She is the standard. She is. A ratings mover, a needle mover, a whatever you want to call it. That main event was dynamite, and I mean that completely pun intended. Outstanding main event for these two women. Io Shirai with a big win over one half of the women's tag team champions. Bayley and Sasha Banks versus Io Shirai and Asuka is a tag team match I hope to see sooner rather than later. Later. This might be a little bit behind the eight ball, but if you guys have any thoughts on the week one of the Great American Bash, what possible implications could it have for rivalries going forward, uh, hit me up at podcast underscore UF, best way to contact me regarding any sort of topics, and those will be read on the show, and I have one question going a little bit back towards In Your House that I want to answer after we discuss the NXT Championship scene later on. Do not think that I forgot about you. Right after this musical interlude, we will have discussion on week two of NXT's GAB on the USA Network. All right, hello there. Welcome back, Team NXT, from week one discussion, and welcome aboard those taking advantage of the timestamp in the eventual episode description. Uh, CD Danny Mack here, bringing you episode 111, week 2 of NXT's GAB on USA. Just to touch back a little bit, because I, t- I did talk Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae in the street fight just a bit. Before I continue on, more emphasis on how awesome it was that Mia Yim was rocking Timberlands. Let's talk about the actual match content itself. Uh, Candice LeRae's incredible track record of violence led her to some very interesting spots here and weird history with chairs and kendo sticks through her career, but very particularly her NXT tenure. Need I remind you of some possibly unfinished business that will be referenced to later on by Miss LeRae with Io Shirai current women's champion. uh, Steel cage, chairs and kendo sticks, the combination of those three definitely still sitting in Kansas LeRae's mind and violence was still on her mind but Mia Yim just as resilient Mia Yim gets better and better and seems to have taken the toughest bumps in this division this division is stacked we've had our fair share of violent and high-paced matchups but Mia Yim falling through a ladder taking a ladder to the face here we see 10 well tonight in this context taking some vicious bumps on the outside of the ring and even closer to catering, if you even want to call it catering, more like the stands where a couple protein bars and produce was was set up. You know how in an action movie or at least an old action movie stereotype, there's always a fruit stand. That kind of what uh what this vicious drop kick by Mia Yim through that table reminisced me of. So little action movie stereotype to Fit into our cinematic days of professional wrestling that we seem to be in as of late. Uh... Fire extinguisher to the face spot. I did not like this. I did not like this at all. I did not like something that encourages this much coughing in today's environment. And if I was supposed to emotionally get attached by that and get worked in that fashion, well then, you got me. But uh, still, bad idea. Not not encouraged. Just flying everywhere. It's Whatever whatever substance it may be, it's not the real stuff, but it still, still looks agitating enough where it'll... It'll upset you a bit. So didn't like a spot that would call for such heavy coughing in the middle of a global pandemic. Anywho, let's move away from the negative and back into the positive, positive spots in this matchup was Candice LeRae with the trash can on top of her head. Could she escape? She garbage cannot. For a while. Thank you to those who stuck around and didn't uh, didn't abandon me after, after such a joke. Because this was the most important use of weapons in this match, in my opinion, and what would end up being the turning point in the finality of this matchup. Mia Yim making general manager William Regal proud, just more sheer signs that Regal is running this place. Brass Knuckles taken out, used, uh, used not as intended. It would fall victim in combination with a pile of Of chairs using a table platform on the top rope. You sticking with me? Everyone who saw this, this seems to be very descriptive enough, but I'm trying to paint a word picture to some of my personal friends who I know sometimes listen to me instead of keeping up with their fair share of NXT. Table platform, two women, dangerous, perilous position, pile of chairs at the bottom, brass knuckles wrapped around the wrist of somebody as street tough as the HBIC Mia Yim. However, Laray, as crafty as cunning as Candace has been, able to rip away these knucks and a big, powerful punch from the tiniest fist in the division, possibly. But the former big sister with a big right hand talk about a wild ride for Miss Laray. Huge neckbreaker, pile of chairs, just barely a cover, but Candice Gray able to take to the street fight and walk away victorious. Not the result I expected, especially if we paint the picture of what happened later on this evening, and I want to remind everybody that I did not... As soon as I read the possibility that spoilers were leaked, I stayed off Twitter. If I wanted to tweet something, I would pull up my own stuff and check my own notifications and then close the whole dang app. Scrolling the timeline was was not for me, knowing that hashtag spoiler-free zone was such a common place when full-sale tapings were, were used to format NXT. So me him not winning here, but Keith Lee having the night that we know now that he did have. You got to look at the glass half full. Mia Yim able to have a great showing here, and Candice Corray able to push herself further into being a big time heel in this division. And her and Johnny, her and Johnny having a good night at Great American Bash could mean bad things for possible future opponents. Now that we're starting to paint the full picture of what the Johnny Gargano way and what this new Candice Corray are shaping up to be. Covered that events of later in the show with that interview of Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae right there, so we can jump right into Bronson Reed versus Tony Nese. Uh, Kind of a rivalry, very spontaneous rivalry, a matchup that was either a pre-tape from last week or something that I just entirely missed. I don't know if anybody out there can speak to where this match actually came from unless you were physically there in the crowd. Watching Tony Nice rough up one of the most best showing best showing job guys and I hate to use that description. Developmental talents really in this context fits. Leon Ruff. Leon Ruff doing some great things, the world's best in this role at the moment. Nice to see Tony Nice push himself further into something. It's nice to see Tony Nice. Nice to see Nice. Nice to see niece. Nice to see niece. Try that one a few times. Outside of the 205 Live Division, proving that he can hang in there with the bigger men of this division. And let's not forget this North American championship scene being built upon as the Hoss Fight Division. What if we have some guys miscutting weight? What if we have that Buddy Murphy story of promotion and it's an actual weight story of I decided not to cut. I'm just going to pack on muscle. I'm just going to be this premier athlete that I prove that I can be. And Tony Nese shows his head in the North American championship scene. I don't know. number of number of possibilities here. And I think the showing tonight in, uh, in and here against Bronson Reed was a good thing. But more importantly, I think Bronson Reed getting a win here is important. I think Bronson Reed has that monster capability i think he can be that guy that possibly stands up for the smaller talents in the division like why don't you pick on somebody your own size kind of way because the monster tag team role that's going to be filled by indu and the brilliance behind the mic that is malcolm bivens the monster heel killian dane ain't going anywhere killian dane is solid in that role and does nothing but elevate nxt if you wanna go back to the Damian Priest's Pete Dunn match that I can't seem to stop talking about. Survivor Series weekend, this recording. Killian Dane versus Bronson Reed. Let's let's get that up and going. Let's have that be a rivalry. Let's have let's have that sort of tension. Maybe that could eventually share into a historical historical bonding about how much they dislike the British, given what Australia and Ireland have gone through through again you're gonna have to fact check my my history on on all of this but i know enough about the irish republican army i don't know much about the founding of australia but i know the bare bones that you just gotta grasp for straws here to make things interesting when you're sitting here talking by yourself Anywho's, think about that tag team give me a tweet at podcast underscore uf nice very impressive dealing with 250 plus outside of 205 live but just not enough Reed is just too strong and too fast for his own size, the big splash from the top rope to a former cruiserweight champion. What a what an ironic way, in a matter of speaking, way to finalize this matchup. Bronson Reed, big man for the big Ozilla. Moving forward, and before I before I get into this next statement on camera, I want to jump into the. The slightly after picture in picture, and make this comparison right quick. Um, the champ at the time, Adam Cole, and the fellas, the dude crew, the undisputed era, finally arriving at the Performance Center. And we have just the most picturesque 90s music video looking pop punk environments. The four outlaw posse coming into town with the big guns. Right, Colin? Right? Right? Adam Cole, baby. You do you, bud. Dog's hopping up on the couch. So, I I really enjoyed a a last time with the championship, knowing what we know now, arrival for Adam Cole, baby. What was not to be enjoyed on the end of the Robert Stone brand, and as if As if Robert Stone hasn't gone through enough hell by being in the ring with Rhea Ripley. Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi Blackheart, of all people. The punk rock persona, the one who clearly wants to stand out and be an outsider unless you're Tegan Knox. There's no marketing there. There's the look. There's that standout look that if you say, hey, look at the bright green hair, that'll bring eyes to the Robert Stone brand. But the mentality doesn't fit. The establishment feel, the top 1%, I miss you EC3, feel that the Robert Stone brand wants to have as much of a farce as it might be right now. As much as that bougie sort of tagline might only belong to Aaliyah and does not belong into any series of wins or winner's purse storylines that we can possibly imagine for this brand right now. Shotzi not interested. Shotzi clearly not interested. And a coffee-driven tantrum by Robert Stone. Maybe this is why I, I, my mind keeps drawn to Killian Dane. This coffee-driven tantrum would cost Robert Stone some comfortability and would face the Beast of Belfast and maybe a couple ribs broken for Stone and oof. It would cost Killian Dan a t-shirt as well as Robert Stone a couple ribs. Just a bad environment to be. And it was just to elevate those medical bills a little bit. Robert Stone got ran over by a tank. Take to the Twitter for a friendly reminder that Robert Stone got ran over by a tank this past week. Um, he did not appreciate that again. Shout out to Robert Stone. You're, <laughs> you're a great sport about all things. And the character and the brand, it's it's heading somewhere. As, as fun as it is to talk about. Not succeeding here, I think there's going to be a time where we're going to look back and be like, well, remember what this used to be? Remember how it used to be, this this joke? Now it's now it's management by, by a major major player, possibly? Uh, I don't know. Optimism's got to win, right, Team NXT? Or else what's, what's worth sitting here continuing the conversation for if you don't think things are heading towards bigger and better things? But just not at the time. Shotzi Blackheart having absolutely none of it. While I'm giving social media shout-outs, I am kind of own two of them in this segment. Shout-out to Robert Stone for recently, and shout-out to the love that Shotzi Blackheart has given Colin the Velveteen Dog in recent tweets. Moving on towards that, my personal favorite matchup in these past two weeks of Great American Bash action, Isaiah Swerve Scott taking on Johnny Gargano, and the question going into this one, folks, was will the Johnny Gargano way pay off in Swerve's? House, great match, absolutely huge for Isaiah Swerve Scott, taking on former NXT champion, first ever Triple Crown champion, the face of the brands, and I still think that's relevant today. Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa just striking me as NXT lifers, I just see them being two superstars who are always going to bring eyes to the brand, and whose talents just aren't going to be booked well elsewhere on the wwe roster because of a certain muscle-headed freak with you know grapefruits and i'm going to end the segment there a great match for both from both sides we would see the the huge the huge heart and the confidence because that's exactly what swerve is ladies and gents Swerve is confidence, but can it stop this beating, black, rebellious heart that is Johnny Gargano? And the action in and outside of the ring was fast-paced. These guys were lighting each other up. It was high-flying. There was Matt wrestling, and that's what impressed me most out of this matchup. I expected it to be fast. I expected us to see a little bit more of this slowed-down cunningness of Johnny Gargano and what we have seen out of this new side and what this Johnny Gargano, by all means, necessary way has come to. But Swerve, Swerve with the grappling and that transition, that transition into the suplex. And I know I keep plugging the Twitter on here, but I'm really serious about this one. If you have that GIF, please tag me in it the next time you happen to be scrolling. Because I need to see that spot again, and I don't remember exactly how far into the matchup it was. So please tag me next time that comes across, because that was brilliant. That was like the power and the technical expertise of Swerve really on display there, and just how fluid it was. Bravo to both men and Job on that transition into that big hangtime suplex by Isaiah Swerve-Scott. However, this would kind of be the high point, sadly, in this matchup for Swerve. Swerve would not land correctly. High risk, no reward on a double stomp to the outside. The Gargano way is is necessary, any way necessary to win the post attack from that poor landing to a Poison Rana... And heels doing Poison Rana's, folks. That's, I feel like that's an entire podcast episode in and among itself. Such a move. So impressive. So devastating. So much of a... After a few counters and you spring off the ropes a few times, where do you think it's going to go? And powerbomb counter and spin around the guy's head and BAM! That's what I picture when I first see a Poison Rana... But a recoiling of a superstar after you bash their face into a post after they've landed poorly. Crafty by Johnny Gargano. Excellent execution. And this would spell the end. Because the final beat DDT for the W. Johnny walking away with a victory. But this match doing exactly as it should. Swerve looking better coming out of this one than he did going into it great matchup match of the two weeks by both of these two extraordinary wrestlers all right already going over an hour kind of above and beyond my usual time format so thank you all for listening so far really hope you're enjoying both weeks of discussion here mentioned this a little bit earlier because of their fantastic promo last week really introducing this faction in the right way legadio del fantasma versus Brizango and drake maverick drake maverick with this vendetta against this luchador faction fantasma santos escobar calling for the the seriousness back into lucha libre wrestling enough of the flips and the bright colors this is a wrestling style of heavy tradition And that's what this title reign is looking to do to bring some credibility back to that side of pro wrestling. Top tier at the top of the hour as far as athletics go. The Cruiserweight Championship on display directly at 9 o'clock, 9.02, somewhere in that window where people might be switching back and forth. It's important because there is that niche of wrestling fans like myself. I could speak for these people who want to see this Cruiserweight Championship Means something. And in the process, want to see Fandango and Tiger Breeze. And want to see what Tiger Breeze can do after being back to NXT and get a couple of wins. Possibly under his belt. And Dango's back from yet another poorly timed injury. So throwing all these things together with the emotional investment behind that Drake Maverick storyline. And this Cruiserweight title tournament. I'm not calling it an interim anymore. Forget that. That's done. NXT UK is is all over the place as it seems to appear right now. So I'm not sure what as it stands. Jordan Devlin's title reign. I'm all about Santos Escobar and Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza running things. Give me all the factions with a championship with the head of them. If we lose one, we should gain another with what Legasio del fantasma is looking to do maverick looking for his vengeance here uh the career makeover that drake maverick has gotten was very apropos teaming with the fashion police i got a nice little chuckle out of that i hope you did as well the vengeance and brazango was looking to aid in that looking to really these two guys as veterans wanting to bring up this faction with them wanting to bring some entertaining spotlight on these guys, and they can go, they can hang with the cruiserweights, as well as a guy like Fandango, who is so freakishly stronger than he looks, able to hang in there with heavyweights, and even that North American championship scene, so I think it's a really good mix of tag team partners, and I think they're really good babyfaces to get this faction over, and really make Santos Escobar's title reign off to a good start. Maverick is able to get his hands on, but it was quickly turned around in this matchup. Escobar able to still land that Phantasma Phantom driver for the victory. Cruiserweight champion not losing anything quite yet. I didn't get a chance to really harp on what I like most about this Santos-Escobar character transformation. And it it's parallel to what they did With Andrade, but it's what they did with Andrade off-screen. The promo videos for Andrade Cien Almas were of him in the Luchador mask and him unmasking and this whole tease of what is he going to look like and what might this be. But Escobar is completely turning his back on that side of the tradition of Luchador and Lucha Libre style wrestling. And we're able to see that now. And it's being delivered in this in-your-face sort of way. And it's not its not honorable. But he's claiming for it to be honorable. And that sort of heel with that kind of message being delivered in such a way. That I know it's getting under my skin just as a fan of Cruiserweight Wrestling. But it can definitely get under others as... As well, just uh, I understand that, and that's a lot of disrespect towards the tradition. And I definitely think that that the story's being told well here so far. Let's not forget a kind of similar trail in the seriousness aspects can go for Wild and Mendoza as well. Joaquin Wilds coming out with these EDM music, weird alien meets predator looking helmets as a DJ. The guy's had plenty of struggle in his career. He should be He should be either that babyface who's super thankful he's getting this opportunity again and tone everything else down and let's build another underdog in NXT. Or just somebody with a real chip on his shoulder where this the world tried to take this away from me and I'm saying no. And I'm here with I'm here with these two other people people who want to see the seriousness in the world who want to hone their craft as well as I want to that's the side of walking wild I want to see Raul Mendoza another guy I've been on this branch how many times I've been around the Cruiserweight Champion how many times and I've fallen short due to a variety of factors what is that missing piece could this companionship be that missing piece in their careers I think it is I think it's interesting I think it's one excellent direction to go and i think all three of these men will show how talented they really are i think wild and mendoza are going to start chipping away towards those nxt tag team championships and we'll see what what that tag team side of this faction look looks like as well all right stop if you were trying to bypass all the cruiserweight conversation and you're skipping around your podcasting app you can stop right here because we're moving on toward the oh I mentioned this a little bit because it was a little bit of an intricate detail that that I might have just sort of kind of glossed over Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae looking to right some old wrongs and Gargano with eyes on Finn Bauer and Candice looking to possibly right some wrongs against a former friend in the Joshi Judas the number one in the women's division right now the champion Io Shirai in action next week against Tegan Knox. let's see if Candice LeRae might have a little something to say about that one woman with one hell of a message that can be sent towards this women's division loud and clear Mercedes Martinez and I'm listen to listen to me team NXT You're going to hear me praise AEW more times than not on this podcast. This is not a compare and contrast. This is not what NXT is doing right and what AEW is doing wrong. And even sometimes I'm watching and thinking vice versa. But what they did wrong and what NXT did right was signing Mercedes Martinez. Especially AEW's women's division with the way it's looking right now. Mercedes Martinez that wild card entry in a battle royal and you don't do whatever it takes to hold on to that that veteran presence in your locker room, this badass aura across the roster that could be a believable opponent for Nyla Rose or Chris Statlander or any number of the talented women that can come out of this? I don't know. I think Mercedes Martinez should be and will be looked at as the one that got away from AEW's women's roster. Her opponent possibly as well. I don't know if there was any talks between them, but Santana Garrett, Santana Garrett, a NXT signee. I was very happy to see as well. I think I think for the sake of Santana's reputation, this could have been advertised. Mercedes Martinez making making a return to the roster was advertised a Mercedes Martinez in action. As it was billed, but I think Santana Garrett is a worthy enough opponent where it could have been billed next week. Mercedes Martinez returns to action against a recent signing as well in her own right, Santana Garrett. Which one of these two standouts good recent signings are going to walk away with the victory? Something simple like that. Don't just shine the spotlight on one person as much as it does belong there. Mercedes Martinez is filling the void that Shayna Baszler should have never left. She is filling this badass presence. The tattoos. The the mean mugging. The brutalize you from one corner to the other. The picture perfect fisherman's buster. Brutal finisher as opposed to choking the life out of somebody. Might be a little bit something to be said for the comparison there. But Mercedes Martinez has that big dark presence over the division feel that Shayna should have never left. WrestleMania was good. And if you believe everything you read, I think Becky wanted her to win there, but anyway, the division needs this. The division got Mercedes Martinez and Mercedes Martinez has a victory over Santana Garrett with that fisherman buster. All right, folks, over an hour, 10 minutes. Thank you so much for hanging with me. It's here. It's finally here. It's discussion of main event time, week two of the Great American Bash ending with winner takes all. The limitless one. Keith Lee, the North American champion, taking on the 400-day reigning, the longest reigning champion in NXT, the longest reigning champion, NXT champion of all time. The leader of the Undisputed Era. 403 days, as we now know, has ended for him. Adam Cole, baby. Uninterrupted commercials. Yes, another point. We're doing what's best for NXT. Well, If you're not trying to counter-program another title events on the other side, maybe you could just let all main events be uninterrupted. Because uninterrupted main events should be best for NXT week-to-week-to-week-to-week-to-week-to-week-to-week-to-week-to-week. Not just when it's taking on another properly titled show. Anyway, can Keith Lee defeat two Undisputed Era members for two championship titles? Look at that statistic, Team NXT. Look at this. Keith Lee defeating Roderick Strong to win the North American Championship and defeating Adam Cole to win the NXT Championship? Keith Lee is the prophecy breaker seemingly by himself. It cannot be spoken to in regards of the championships in the tag team division. Although Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic could have just as well put their shit aside and said, hey, let's... Let's do this. Let's take on Fish and and O'Reilly and do this damn thing ourselves. But no, that did not happen. But Keith Lee defeating two NXT, two undisputed members for two NXT titles. What a stat. Talk about the high hopes for this man. The moment maker that he's been with numerous opponents. Gargano and Balor and Cole and Strong. Four of the best wrestlers in the world. Wonder where that top five spot might belong to if you're booking this stuff. Those are really five huge names to have in a championship scene and to be sharing the ring with each other. Any combination of those guys. Absolutely brilliant. Keith Lee just surviving everything. Everything that would be thrown by Adam Cole and more. I... Wanna say up there's upwards of three last shots in this matchup. At least one successful Panama sunrise that I thought was the match. Sealer I thought so many times who could possibly win this one? And that's what was brilliant about reading once that spoilers were leaked, and then just avoiding them like well. I'd say avoid them like the plague, but apparently that doesn't work if you're the United States of America. Sorry. Don't mean to drift off into there again. Sometimes you just gotta talk wrestling and vent at the same time. It would just be avoided like something even more deadly than a plague that should be avoided, which is a way more longer cliche than trying to uh, trying to just say things as it was. Keith Lee. Pinning attempts on Adam Cole, and Adam Cole surviving with one finger on the bottom rope. Adam Cole able to get this huge, huge man up and over for a Panama Sunrise. You think that's that's going to be the ending consequence of this matchup? You would think that's the one that's going to seal the deal if you're going to have Adam Cole win Queen again. A man like that taking a move like that, that's how you think that, uh, that a championship should end if you want to make Adam Cole the first ever North American champion, as well as the first ever man to hold both the North American champion and NXT world championship. Yes. World championship. In case you're new here, world championship. It's been defended in NXT takeover, London, Finn Bauer won it in Japan against Kevin Owens, and it's been defended up and down these United States. The NXT championship is a world championship. Now, how did this one ended, Surviving the resolve, the limitless resolve of Keith Lee. Surviving all the last shots and all of the Panama sunrises and all the trash talking. Which, honestly, I think is the hardest thing if you're surviving an Adam Cole match. Is that trash talk and the psychological advantage that, that this champion has had in his opponent's head for 403 days. That's what Adam Cole brings to the table. Adam Cole brings some of the best in-ring ability as well as some of the best mic work and character work. However you want to phrase it, Adam Cole will tell you a damn good story and he will trash talk the hell out of it while he's doing this to you. But the resolve and the major spirit bombs to the big bang catastrophe spelling catastrophic results for Adam Cole And the Undisputed Era and new champion for NXT, bask in his glory, it is Keith Lee. Keith Lee is our NXT champion and our NXT North American champion. And guys, there's no no shortage of who his next opponent is going to be. Looming in the shadows for this entire matchup, and the ominous hourglass looming over Keith Lee and Adam Cole. Both defiant in witnessing this hourglass, but still wary as they should be. Carrion Cross and Scarlet with eyes on this matchup, and now eyes. They are feasting their eyes on. Keith Lee, they are not basking in his glory. They are doing what foe turned friends turned possible foe again if we're looking at possible matchups. Dominic Dijakovic, they are feasting their eyes on this possible championship grasp that they can have. Now, I love a double champion. I do. I honestly do. I think the hardware looks great around Keith Lee's shoulder, but I also think there's a sense of backing and booking themselves into a corner when you do deem somebody a double champion. One half of a tag team championship as well as a singles title is less of an issue because then you just have the man who's not the singles champion get pinned in the matchup, have the guy who's holding the title bitch moan and complain at them, and then you develop a rivalry out of, you know, how could you screw up this match and then whoever quote-unquote screwed up the match or got pinned Just has had enough and gets fed up and slaps the person. You break up the tag team and you start the singles rivalry right there. There's no problem. But you have to take away two. Eventually, you have to take away two singles championships from a talent like Keith Lee. Because we know he's going to Raw. We know he's going to SmackDown. We know he's going somewhere because of his performances at Royal Rumble and Survivor Series. And all of these catalytic events that have led to his elevation in NXT so far. He's not just getting handed the reins of two championships because he's there in NXT. It's because of how he was able to hang on the major stages with guys like Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. That's why Keith Lee gets this opportunity. And that's why you don't. You want to be very careful on how you take away these championships. There needs to be a triple threat scenario This is what came came into my head. Remember way back, and I'm sure I'm dating myself with this reference, but you could go ahead and search it on the network as well. Intercontinental and European Championships, Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, and Chris Benoit. I know that might be a forbidden name some places, so I apologize for even mentioning it. Chris Benoit walked away with, I believe, the European title, and Jericho walked away with the Intercontinental title, and Kurt Angle left with... Nothing, And of course that was to push Kurt Angle being a sore loser about it and how that's not fair. But I think this needs to be booked in a sense of adversity for Keith Lee. I think there needs to be this odds against him that no matter what two opponents are able to get along so well or just lay into him for so long that he loses at least one of those titles but is able to hold on to presumably the one that's going to keep him at the top of the ladder the NXT Championship. So there needs to be some, a lot taken into account when we're trying to figure out how to lose these these titles from Keith Lee before he goes up to Raw or before he goes up to SmackDown. The North American Championship I really do think is being lost first, but if Karrion Cross is going to be Keith Lee's first opponent... I'm kind of stuck in the middle here because you don't beat Karrion Cross this quickly. You have him demolish a few people up until up until SummerSlam's TakeOver weekend. And then we see what, what can come from there. He needs a couple more high-profile matchups or a Haas fight or something that's going to make Karrion Cross shine to be NXT Championship material. But also not be completely damaged if he's not able to overcome Keith Lee. As of who takes the North American Championship away from him, I think that win should be used to elevate somebody in that hoss fight division. Whether it is a show of sportsmanship now, if, if Damien Cross is able to overcome Cameron Grimes in this rivalry that I wish would end, or Cameron Grimes is able to weasel his way into a win over Damien Priest and then talk himself into a North American Championship opportunity and wins in nefarious means as well against Lee. Bronson Reed, mentioned him a little bit earlier. Bronson Reed versus Keith Lee would be an absolutely electric, big man hoss fight of a match for a North American championship. There's a lot of opponents. There's a lot of things to be considered. But being careful on how Keith Lee is treated during this double championship reign is the most important of all. Now, please, please continue this conversation with me. It's been real. I enjoyed both weeks of viewing of the Great American Bash. I enjoyed both weeks of Fighter Fest on Thursday nights as well. Wednesday night wrestling is bringing us some great programming. You could say what you will about anywhere else, and my eyes are going to be on Impact after just about a week from today. Also, when, uh, when they have their major events, I wonder who's going to get signed over there. There is some optimism to be seen in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, we're seeing some great things in the the persons of color holding titles across the landscape of WWE. That's one positive. We're getting some dream matchups coming our way. We have so much to look forward to, but we can't overlook what's going on in the real world. And I just want everybody to be aware. I want Team NXT members to be safe. I want you guys to wear your masks. I want you guys to be careful, and I don't want anybody going shopping for groceries to, uh, to make them ill and to put them in a position that that they should not be in. Uh, be safe. Take care of each other. Wash your hands. Be sure to follow the show at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. At Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word. There will be an Instagram post after such a long time this week um, on the story as well. That beautiful picture of Keith Lee holding both the NXT World and the NXT North American Championships. Like me on Facebook. I've gotten a few likes on Facebook. Shout out to any cross promotion on Cross Points video games and pro wrestling. Great group of guys to be in. Really hoping to uh, to join their conversations recently and keep that momentum going as well. Not not a whole lot on the video side, streaming of things. Not something that I run, but something I thoroughly enjoy participating in when we can stay on uh, <laughs> when we can stay on track of the Wednesday night wrestling affairs. Uh, That about does it for me. Again, can't reiterate this enough. Everybody be safe. Everybody keep watching and enjoying pro wrestling. Stay inside unless absolutely necessary, but have your gatherings. See your loved ones. Be absolutely careful in how you do it, though. I'm CD Danny Mac. This has been episode 111 of That UFP Show, talking all about That NXT Show. And I will talk to you next time.